It's Monday the 11th of January 2021. My name's Alex Elliott and you're listening to The Week in Iceland, the programme that asks what's been happening in Iceland this week, why it happened and why we should care. I'm joined this week by the television and radio presenter, entertainer and head of Iceland's Eurovision delegation, Felix Bergson. Welcome to you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we now have a very good idea of what the new anti-contagion rules are going to look like from this coming Wednesday. Uh, they're set to include increasing the 10-person assembly limit to 20 people and a limited reopening of gyms, among other measures. This weekend has seen yet more extreme weather in the east of Iceland. Uh, Nerskopstadus was partly put on lockdown for a while as debris blew dangerously down the streets, major icing occurred, and a large salmon farm feeding platform in Reidafjordur sank to the bottom of the sea. As the state invests the equivalent of 7% of 2019 GDP into pandemic support and stimulus efforts, The nation's municipalities also report major financial turnarounds for the worse. Only two of the 10 largest predict a budget surplus this year. In virus news, Iceland will now receive more vaccine doses in the first quarter of this year than initially expected. A national conversation arose on the subject of side effects to the vaccination and possible untimely death. And people arriving in the country are being urged to follow testing and quarantine rules to the letter for everybody's safety. Dadi Freyr is putting the finishing touches to Iceland's 2021 Eurovision Song Contest entry. And he's including hundreds of members of the public on the track as well. And finally, the Handball World Championship is getting underway in Egypt this week. And Iceland entered the competition fresh from victory yesterday in their second European Championship qualifying match against Portugal. So, where would you like to begin? <laughs> yeah, well, there's a, it's a, it's incredibly much happening, even though it's only the first week of the year. Mm-hmm. I think the, I think, uh, I think the, 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 the COVID measures are, are a good place to start. That's the one that everyone, I think, is probably most interested in. Totally. Um, what difference does it make increasing, first of all, the the assembly limit from ten to twenty people, in, in practical terms? Well, I mean, of course, that that, that changes uh, things for many. But uh, I think people have been quite good with uh, taking care of their their uh, uh, bubble, um, only 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 meeting uh, few people uh, uh, and, uh, and 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 limiting it, limiting it to, to that. But uh, uh, I, for me, for example, there's a big change, and now the theatres are opening. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we were allowed uh, 50 guests and now there will be up to 100 guests in the theatres and that will make a huge change for the theatres. Uh, there will be a, a, a mask duty, but uh, but uh, not a two metre duty. So uh, uh, that will be good for the theatres to, to, to be to be opened again. And I was performing this weekend and it was absolutely fantastic actually to see people again and to, to get on stage again. I think many artists are very, very happy about that. But of so course, will... I suppose this weekend was under the current rules, the old rules. Yes. So it was 50, 50 grown-ups, but I'm doing a children's play at the moment called Mamma Click uh, in Hapnafjörður. And uh, so it was 50 grown-ups and um, uh, then I think it was 50 children or something like that that were allowed. And uh, so it was really nice to have have some audience in front of you. Uh, while performing and it will be more this coming weekend after the new measures take uh, 
take action on Wednesday. No, but of course the gym is the big thing for many people here. I mean, the gyms have been closed for now two months or over two months probably. And uh, so many will be very excited to get back to the gym. There was of course uh, some discussion about um, uh, uh, CrossFit Reykjavik in Reykjavik that uh, that they were uh, that they were uh, going against the rules, but it seems to be uh, uh, nothing that uh, is too important or too 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 uh, bad. So hopefully everything will be normal from Wednesday. And then of course it's the rule uh, rules at the at the border, which is very very interesting. Yes, exactly. I mean, those rules are not changing specifically apart from, I believe they're going to try to, not try to, they are going to force people who don't want to do the testing to spend their 14 days quarantine at the at the quarantine centre in Reykjavik as yes. opposed to in their own home. Uh, and yes. that's to avoid people going out and basically breaking the rules. Totally, exactly. And there seems to have been I mean, it's very hard sometimes to get the, you know, they, they, they don't give out all the information, but something seems to have happened uh, that people have uh, not had testing at the, at the border. They have uh, said they would uh, do the 14 days quarantine and they haven't respected it. And somehow uh, uh, the virus has gotten into society through that. So mm. they obviously are trying to, 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 uh, 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 cut that uh, uh, means of of spreading the virus out. So uh, I think I think it has great support. Many have been really wondering why it has not been um, a duty to do the testing at the border, uh, because the situation seems to be so much worse in at least most of Europe and in the US. Uh, but uh, somehow the government has not made it uh, oblig obligatory to to do the testing at the border. Uh, and many have, yeah, it's, it's probably something to do with the sanctity of your own body, that sort of thing, and, and yeah. not being forced to have something shoved up your nose. I, I do, I understand that. Yeah. Um, but this is a huge incentive, though. I mean, who's going to who's going to refuse having something shoved up their nose? to avoid you know spending two weeks in in a, in what is a fairly nice hotel but nonetheless um in it, isolation exactly and it's it's but there's uh, apparently there are a lot of people have done this so it points to uh, some kind of uh, you know avoidance of the rules and uh, so there is yeah so it's it's a it's a uh, i think there's a great support for this new measure that uh, mm. that the government has put out and it will be interesting to see how it plays out. I think much more people will do the testing uh, because of this. I mean, even if you do plan to go out and break quarantine, um, yes. why wouldn't you do the testing and have the five days quarantine that you break instead of the 14 days quarantine? Because it would be anyway. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Well, I mean, maybe people are scared to find out that they do actually have the virus. They don't want to know. I mean, it's, a, it's a, maybe it's a very human thing to, to try to avoid the, ine the inevitable uh, and, uh, you know, just pretend it's not there somehow. Mm. Very good point. Yes. Uh, back to the rules briefly. Um, yes. Obviously, any sort of relaxation at this stage, if possible, and if it doesn't cause problems, is, is very welcome. Uh, there's been some criticism of perhaps the level of people, new people allowed into theatres and yes. the gyms yes. without being able to open bars, for example. Yes. Um, and, and, and 
that sort of thing. And what was the other? There was one other thing. Oh yeah, sports. Uh, yeah, sports events as well. Exactly. No spectators there. Yeah, they are they are allowing sports events again. But I mean, it, I think the the fact with the bars is basically I think it's based on <laughs> based on experience. Um, it's in the bars where the the biggest spread has happened. Mm. So people are not taking as much care when they are drinking alcohol. And so they uh, they try to uh, cut that out by keeping the bars closed for a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, but people are going to the restaurants. I went to a restaurant on Saturday night and there was a lot of people in town going to the restaurants in Reykjavik City Center. So they are still open and I think they are now allowed to be open a little bit longer. Isn't that right? That has been, yeah, until 10. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So I think I think people are uh, going to the restaurants instead <laughs> and having a beer. <laughs> what about people that are saying it's unfair to not allow any spectators at sporting events, but to allow potentially up to 200 people in a theatre? That's 100 adults, 100 children. No, I think I think it's totally understandable why people complain complain about it. Uh, but I think they believe that people are shouting more <laughs> at sports events. Right. And they yeah. they get more heated and they shout and they shout into each other's faces. They don't do that in in the uh, in the theater, not a lot at least. <laughs> uh, so so uh, um, I think that's the reason. But um, of course, of course, I understand that people get uh, you know they feel it's it's uh, not equal, mm. you know, and uh, they have they have they are the first to admit. The, the 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 people setting the rules they are the first to admit that it is always uh, uh, very complicated but they they seem to be trying to do what is best for us and i think they have the trust they have the trust of the nation they do uh, yeah. as as was proven by being person of the year exactly uh, and and such forth yeah in, in in a year that iceland got its first oscar winner <laughs> it's really weird not to have um, her as Hildur uh, Guðnadóttir as the person of the year, but that's another story. That's a good point, yeah. Um, okay, so things tend to be, seem to be moving in the right direction at the moment. Yes, and yes. If people continue to be careful and if it doesn't flood in through the border, um, which it shouldn't do if people are also respecting the rules there, um, then, then the next few weeks look better. I, yes, exactly, I and it, and and maybe we should we should have an, a, a relatively easy time until the vaccine really starts kicking in. And there were good news about the vaccine. Um, more is coming than expected, and uh, there have even been uh, some people predicting that uh, the herd immunity will be here before the uh, uh, before the summer. So uh, uh, that would be absolutely wonderful, and. Uh, quite exciting to see what will happen. We will all have to be patient still. We have to wait and uh, see. We have to be patient. They keep telling us, be patient. And we, they, because they, 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 they don't seem to be able to say anything definite about anything when it comes to the vaccine. But, no, I uh, think they just don't know themselves when it, when it will arrive. They know how much they've ordered, but... Yes, the, the, exactly. The, and, but the companies uh, refuse to, to make any specific plans. And it's the same everywhere. I mean, you see it on international news as well. I mean, it's the same argument that's going on in the UK. It's going on everywhere. Yeah. And but it will be interesting to see how they how 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 it will play out. And uh, uh, what I find interesting is that I've been hearing from the UK that 
even my friends that have uh, that have had, had that, that have had COVID have been getting vaccination. So that will be interesting. Is that going to happen here as well? Are people mm. who have had COVID here in Iceland going to get vaccination as well? It will be interesting to see how they how they do that. Indeed, you'd you'd imagine they would be a low priority group. Yeah, I would th- I would have thought so, but this I mean my friends that are working in the the NHS in the UK, they've been getting vaccination even though they've had um, they've had COVID before. Mm. Well, that the, I think the UK is working under different rules there because it was the same when Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister, was sent into quarantine. Yes. Even though he'd already had COVID, and exactly. Thor said that wouldn't have happened here. Exactly, exactly. Very interesting. Okay, uh, should we move on? Yes, definitely. Uh, what what should we go to next? Maybe the storms? Or... Yes, it is. I mean, it is. The storm is is basically what we have in Iceland almost every year. I mean, it's something that we. It's just to remind us where we are living. I mean, we are in the Arctic after all. And uh, we can just expect that every year. I mean, you must remember that when you were living in Isafjörður, uh, the weathers that you got there. Um, so, I mean, last year we had an incredible storm uh, for a few weeks. Um, that was really uh, quite devastating in the north and the west of the, of, the, of the island. And now they got it in the east. So this is something that we can expect every year. I think what's interesting about this one is that the weather in the west of the country was just so good, completely yes. calm. And uh, also that it comes in a spate of other similar events, obviously the landslides in Sailorsfield, um, exactly. which was also very localised and, and we had good weather in the west. Totally. I mean, it is. I mean, there is. The weather is often very different between the, 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 the different places in the country. I mean, it is a big it is a big island after all, but still, um, it's been a very tough and year for them in the east. But I understand that uh, that one reason that uh, uh, that the, the the for example the mobile phones didn't go out in the in Sæðisfjörður when they had the landslide there was mm-hmm. because of what had happened last year <laughs> with the bad weather in the north uh, that they had made the uh, the system so much better uh, during this during these months that the system uh, uh, could uh, uh, yeah didn't didn't collapse so that's that was really good news i think yeah uh, the other obviously reason that i decided to include this today even though as you say it's it's very normal to have stormy weather in january yeah uh, was the was the icing we don't usually see that sort of icing in iceland uh, no. heavy snow yes strong winds yes but those were whole buildings and, and vehicles just caked in ice that was yes. weighed many tons. You don't see that. It's more of a North American thing, I feel. Exactly. Not 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 uh, not something we see here a lot. I remember seeing uh, pictures from t- uh, uh, 1918 uh, uh, when they had the, the the horrible winter. I've seen pictures like that of of heavy icing on everything, mm. but um, you don't see it a lot here now. And that was one of the reasons that that platform sank. Um, exactly. How big of a deal is that for, for Reyðafjörður and for the salmon farming company that owns it? It's big, uh-huh. right? I'm sure it's big and it's also going to raise a lot of questions about the salmon farming uh, on sea. You know, is it is it safe enough? I mean, there's a, a, a huge thing with lots of oil in it sinking to the bottom of the sea. What's going to happen next? So, um, yeah, there's going to be it's going to be discussed, definitely. Yeah, I hope. That, I mean, they they don't really know yet if 
oil leak out or how much. Yeah, exactly. But they are saying that the many tons of fish food on board should be safe because they're in sealed containers. But, yeah. Uh, but there's going to be, I mean, there's going to be uh, some kind of pollution and, 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 and then, you know, it's going to play into the hands of those that are totally against these kind of fish farms. Mm. Well, exactly. And stormy weather can damage the fish pens as well. We know this. Uh, I'm not exactly. saying it happened this weekend, but. Um, yes, and the salmon and salmon can get out. It can, yeah. uh, and it can uh, 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 integrate with the with the wild salmon, and then then we have problems. Indeed. Well, uh, yeah, lots of lots of work to be getting on with in the east. I'm sure they're capable of it. Um, oh, and, definitely. And things looking calmer now. They are so. t- they are they are a tough bunch. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, maybe we can leave that one there. Yes. Um, what else? There's obviously the money thing with the councils, the, the local municipalities. Um, yes. We've mentioned, oh, obviously Eurovision and handball. Those are the things yes. on the, list at the moment. Totally. Um, well, money and municipalities. I mean, it's it's it's. I mean, everybody knew it's, it was going to be tough, and it will be tough for a few years after COVID. I mean, well, it's going to take us a long time to get out of this uh, properly, uh, financially. But uh, I think. I think the first thing, I think first things first, I think first we need to get out of this pandemic and then we will start working on how to get financially back on on track. You know, that's, uh, that's, 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 uh, and nobody really knows what will happen in the next few years. Will, will we, will the tourism pick up again? Will we, will, will the money flow start, (laughs) will money start flowing back into the Icelandic economy? We'll just have to see. And it's the same questions that every country is asking right now. Um, totally, totally. Which I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm guessing it's a good thing. Yeah, well, I mean, it seems that, that Iceland and, and, and has done, like many other countries, we are, we are using a totally different tactic in this crisis than we did in the 2008 one, when we had the financial crash. Mm. We seem to be paying our way out of this crisis rather than uh, rather than going into austerity. So uh, I, it will be very interesting to see how it all plays out. Absolutely, yeah. And of course, it's a very different crisis. Um, exactly. The other one was based on a but, very sudden contraction in the availability of credit. And, and totally. Uh, yeah, but at the same time, it's it, for Iceland. It is a bit similar because I mean. For example, seeing these kind of uh, numbers when it comes to unemployment is something that we, you know, we only see in a crisis like this. We saw it in the financial crash and we see it now. So um, how is that going to play out? I mean, how is that going to change? Is it going to change fast or is it going to take time to get back to normal? Mm. I mean, it's a huge numbers, huge numbers of unemployment at the moment. And I mean, I really feel for these people who are losing their jobs and don't see any light at the end of the tunnel. It's uh, it's really tough and very unusual for Iceland. Well, definitely, it's the, it's it's already much higher than it was even in the middle of the banking crisis. Exactly. And keeping people, um, you know, keeping money flowing into people's bank accounts every month in terms of unemployment benefits is just so important. And exactly. I think the measures they've been taking to extend the amount of time that it's available. And to make sure that people don't end up on the lowest 
um, level of benefits through no fault of their own because there's no work available yeah. is important because if people are losing their homes, that does no good to anybody. If people exactly. cannot go out and spend money at businesses, then maybe they perpetuate more unemployment. So I think it's very good that the government is prioritizing that. I think so too. I think so too. And I think, I mean, it's also very important to remember that we are not only, you know, that the, 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 there are so many people here living now in Iceland who come from abroad, who want to make Iceland their home. And uh, this group seems to be very uh, vulnerable mm. and it really needs to be taken great care of. And we, re- we need to remember that these, that uh, we are all very important to keep a society going and, uh, and we all have rights to, to a, a proper life. Um, so that's going to be it's going to be very interesting to see how it all plays out. Yeah, exactly. Um, hopefully, it'll be a, a relatively quick turnaround. Yes, hopefully, we hope so. Everybody hopes so. <laughs> um, obviously, there's always questions about if the government is doing enough. There's always two sides to every every story. Um, yeah, yeah, of course. Certainly, they're investing a lot of money. Yes, uh, but but. The long-term unemployed are still having a very hard time of it. Of course, and I mean, it is. I mean, many talk about COVID as the crisis of the of the class distinction. I mean, it's going to be a crisis of class mm. that uh, that we will see uh, the poorer getting poorer and the richer getting more rich, as usual. But uh, like I said, I mean, at least the government is trying to do things differently this time. So hopefully it will pull people out of uh, the, the the poor trap. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Time is running away from us as usual. So maybe a word on um, Daddy Freish. Yes, he's uh, working on his new song. Are you in um, personal contact? I guess you probably are. Yes, we are. We are all working together on that. Well, I mean, preparing. I mean, I'm more in the in the uh, department going through all the uh going through all the motions how how things are going to be in rotterdam i mean there are four scenarios that they are working with at the moment uh it could be a full-blown uh, eurovision that's the a version the b version is a eurovision with social distancing uh, the c version is a, a travel restriction eurovision and the d version is a lockdown eurovision so there are many scenarios to look into and uh, many possibilities and it's going to be very different uh, the preparation this year but it is all looking uh, very promising and it's there will be eurovision and that makes the icelandic nation at least very very happy <laughs> yes it does i mean the, obviously you're talking scenario c and d for example there yes. they could have done that last year i just guess they didn't have enough time to set it up there was no way i mean it is too complicated and it's uh, it's such a, it's such a huge production i mean there's 41 countries yeah. and uh, everybody screaming at the <laughs> at the producers so there is a, a lot that goes on yeah of course maybe maybe this will mean that people we will set into motion some kind of a uh, some kind of a, a possibility to do it like this very quickly if it happens again Mm. But uh, but uh, last year it was no way. And it, should... will be, will, it will be very interesting to see how how um, for example I mean we we are going to do a live on tape performance here in Iceland, where Daddy performs his song live on tape, 
uh, we get an hour to record uh, a live version of the song. He does three uh, he does three recordings, and within that hour, we need to choose one of these recordings that will then uh, be locked and, uh, and 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 stacked away in Rotterdam to be used if somebody goes into quarantine, if Daddy can't travel to the Rotterdam or whatever happens. So it is that that's what all the nations will do. And then we have a, a lot of uh, recordings that can be used for the competition if uh, if it needs if so if it if it needs so. Wow, that's really interesting. It is going to um, be very interesting. Yes. Also interesting, they've 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 adapted the rules for the songs themselves this year. Yes. And that means more people can sing on them. And yes. Daddy is taking that quite seriously. Yes, he is. <laughs> He, uh, he uh, asked people to, to send him recordings of their singing or their voices because he's going to be using on a, on a choir part in his song. And he's been getting hundreds of recordings back. So he is sitting in the countryside uh, at his father's, at his parents' place and uh, trying to work all this into the song. And it's going to be very, very interesting to hear how it all plays out. It's brilliant. He promises to use every recording that he sent. And at uh, the middle of last week, that was already over 250. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Uh, yes, of course. I mean, everybody wants to be on a Eurovision song. So it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be brilliant. I mean, he's a very clever guy and uh, we are very excited to see how uh, his song will be received. Yeah. Just to clarify, he's not going to have hundreds of people on stage, though. <laughs> no, it's only six people on stage. It's only Tade and his band Gagnamagnet. But uh, this year it is allowed to have the backing vocals on tape. It's a bit like they do in Melody Festival in Sweden. They have uh, backing vocals on tape mm -hmm. uh, to give more chance of, uh, uh, of uh, choreography and stuff like that. And they even have more than six people on stage in Melody Festival, but that has not been changed in Eurovision. But the reason for this rule is that it's giving, the, uh, giving everybody the possibility of traveling with a, a, a smaller delegation. Uh, that we uh, that we can have a smaller delegation, both to to save money and also just because of COVID. Yeah. So there's going to be a, a profusion of solo artists maybe this year. Do you? <laughs> I well, we'll have to see. But I I have somehow have the feeling that the, the nations won't uh, give up on the six people rule. Not everybody, at least. Absolutely. Well, I guess that's a, a fair moment to finish it. Uh, apart yes. from to say good luck to Iceland in the Handball World Championships that start this yes. week. Yes, that's going to be exciting. It I is. Hope. I, I love handball, even though a lot of our listeners may not really know anything about it. Yes. It's a, sport. It's a, very, it's a very physical sport. I mean, many people say that it's kind of uh, our version of uh, rugby or something like that. It's uh, it, we don't play rugby in Iceland, but we play handball, and it's very, very physical and uh, a lot of fun to watch. Many goals and a lot happening in a very short time. It's the only sport I know of where you cheer almost as hard when the goalkeeper saves a goal as you do when <laughs> someone scores one. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's great fun. Uh, and very, very quickly, um, Egypt World Championships. It's going to be very different. I guess there's. Do you know anything about the rules there? There won't be any spectators in the halls. No, they, they talked about having spectators, but the latest news was that the spectators are out. So mm. there won't be any spectators. But it will be 
It will be a very tough competition for Iceland. We've lost one very good player to injury, Aaron Palmason. But there are other players there. And it's, there is, seems to be a new generation coming up in the Icelandic handball team. So it will be very interesting to see how they do in this uh, in this competition. It will. All from Iceland. All from Iceland. Uh, there we go. The Week in Iceland will be back next Monday, the 18th of January on roof.is forward slash English, Roof English on Facebook, through the Roof app and your favourite podcast platform. Huge thanks to my guest today, Felix Bergson, and also to Lydia Gretesdottir for running the technical side of things. We finished today with a particularly bouncy and upbeat offering from Hera Nettusmir. Uh, this is Stuart Nettnach. Bye for now.